If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Courtney. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Marleya. She doesn't like this. She doesn't like this at all. <laughs> we got her microphone hooked up and she's like, are they going to hear gonna everything I say? quiet this episode. <laughs> so she's just sitting here. She found like two pieces of skeleton. If you've ever been to our live shows, we have these little baby skeletons that sit on the desks and everything. She found like the head and the, the torso that had come apart. And she was like, trying to push them together. They're going to work. came apart because the head will not fit back in. Oh, I don't know either. I do know that they got smashed in the drawer. They were pretty much abused with me trying to get the drawer open. Oh, oh man! So, Hi guys! <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> we came back. We did. It's been uh like it's been uh, three, three weeks. weeks. Yes, it's been three weeks for us. Yes, um, and we were like Patrice was nice enough to realize that if anybody was going to be struggling with our hiatus, we'd have like a like a one week break and then we'd release another one. So you got like a little bit of extra than you thought you would. Right? Cool. Yeah. So we we split up the weeks instead of having like back to back non episode. But you know, it's weird because like we haven't been hanging out. Right. Like. We, um, you know, after our podversary party, mm-hmm. if you heard the recording of that, I was sick as a fucking dog mm-hmm. and I went straight to the doctor the next she day. She got a butt shot. Got a butt shot. As we all agreed that night, mm-hmm. I should, you need yes. a butt shot. Yes. Two butt shots. Mm-hmm. Steroids, antibiotics, go. And so, yeah, I did that, but I was down still for another little while. All right. And that next morning, I think like uh, Courtney... And Chad left about two, yeah, one or two. two. And mm-hmm. that next morning at 6.30, I get a text from my husband, oh my who was in another awesome. state with my son, saying, your son is sick and he wants you. So I am like oh, no God, sleep, yep. hung over, driving to four hours to go like nursemaid my son, who yeah. stayed sick right before Christmas, my husband got sick during Christmas, and then I got sick right after Christmas. So I was just telling Marleya, it's like I put it into the universe about how we have not been sick this year. And that's just, I know better. I know, I've known ever since reading, what is it, Pearl Bucks? Uh, what was the, the good earth? The good is, earth, yeah. their belief of if you like, express how happy and joyful you are the gods will hear you and punish you <laughs> man and so, we all think very little of our god like <laughs> why would you worship somebody that mean like oh my god so definitely i put that out in the universe and the universe punished me <laughs> yeah we could probably go through the litany of all the health like uh, courtney's been down and out oh, with her back my, my daughter gosh. had strep throat it's just like it's, but I mean, we, I had, I had a very, you know, I still feel like I had a very nice break. It, it was nice to just have a break. You well, know? Yeah. It was nice to be sick and not have to like force myself to work oh, yeah. while sick. So, so you, you know, actually it, got it, to recover. Right. It yeah. was, it was a good time. So, but, um, that means we basically, we didn't go see family. We stayed in our PJs pretty much the whole time we did DoorDash, Oh my god! Without the sick part, that sounds like the best holiday ever. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. You don't see family. You stay in your PJs and you order pizza. Yeah, it it was great, and um, and we did. uh, I did even did like Walmart grocery pickup, Mm -hmm. so I didn't have to, you know deal with anybody and got my black eyed peas and ate my greens on New Year's Day. So we all have good luck. We had, so (laughs) we were in North Carolina Mm -hmm. over New Year's. We were visiting a friend of ours in North Carolina who was having a little, he he ended up having a little New Year's party at his house just, you know, because we were going to be there. It was really nice. And we had a good time with him meeting his friends and everything like that. Um, But New Year's Day, 
you know, we're all looking around thinking, you know, we're in North Carolina. It's not going to be hard to find a place that's, they're all going to have beans and greens, right? We could not for the life of us find a place that was serving beans and greens. We found like two that were supposed to, but only one really was. And like, it wasn't where we needed to be. It's, we just, we're like, what the hell? And then we started talking to our friend Adam about it and he didn't know anything about beans and greens. What the hell? He did. He, he's from Ohio. Oh, okay. Well, but he's, <laughs> he's always kind of touting that his mom's from Kentucky and he's yeah. like, so we know all this stuff. And I'm like, you don't know nothing. You need well, to know about beans and, and you, greens. I looked up superstitions. Um, so, you know, you know, in the South, you eat your black eyed peas and your collard greens on New, New Year's Day mm-hmm. to bring luck and wealth for New Year's. Mm-hmm. I also heard that you are not supposed to do laundry on New Year's Day because that washes away your luck. Shit. We did That's that a new one. New we year's did it the day. night we of New Year's yours. Day. We did your laundry. My, I made them do my laundry for me. Uh, well, it's, then it's not it's on you. Fault. It's it's not on you. Not but <laughs> it wasn't my clothes. So I oh, okay. Like well, yeah. So there, there's loops. There's there's uh, there's definitely loopholes in that. Oh damn! And also another superstition that I didn't know about is that you don't eat the heels of bread before you're done with the middle slices. Like ever, or just on New Year's? Uh, ever. Or you'll oh. go broke. These are like southern superstitions. <gasps> Wait. So I always do that. I love the bread butt. Does <laughs> nobody else like the bread butt? And you're supposed to hold okay. your breath when you pass a graveyard or risk a spirit inhabiting your body. Oh, well, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> also, we know about the salt. You know, you spill salt. Yes. You, you do it over your left shoulder. shoulder. Knock on wood when you're talking about something bad happening. Okay. And if you pass a cold spot or an odd foggy patch on the road, someone died there. Oh. So those are all like the southern superstitions. And then the washing the laundry, I think that was just a very creative mom. (laughs) Which I totally get behind. Absolutely. I was just, I've learned the joys of getting home from a trip and having a a suitcase full of clean laundry instead of dirty. Oh, nice. And so whenever we have a laundry machine, like in apartment that we stay in or anything, I I want to do that now because that's smart. It's so, I mean, it's so frustrating to get home, especially if you have the kids with you or something, or if they've been somewhere and you have to clean up after them, it's like you get home and you're like, Oh, and you got to go somewhere the next day. You've got school the next day. It's it's like bad enough that you're coming down from being on a, at a trip and you pride driven however long you had to drive to get home but then you have to worry about laundry so i'm like oh well let's just do it tonight so now i have no luck left <laughs> but we we did end up doing beans and greens we we, we found a Publix. awesome we, we got simply seasoned glory yeah collards and and black eyed peas that's what we did and we bought Publix bakery corn it wasn't what we would normally do we right. bought like bakery cornbread courtney was, was a little ashamed yeah. i was very ashamed well, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do yeah, just to make it happen. Yeah, in our apartment. No. <laughs> you know what, though? Here's the thing. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pitching this 100%. The thing that always makes cornbread and beans and greens or cornbread and greens, anything like that, whenever I eat that now, is like this, this pickled onion mixture. Oh, my God. That, yes. Like, we got, like, Courtney made it originally and canned it herself from Chad, box fan Chad's mother's recipe. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I want that it's recipe. A, it was squash, yellow and squash. Onions. Oh yeah, you told yeah. me about that. I want and that. It was so good that like I, she didn't even she didn't have enough the first time to mm-hmm. really pass any out, or because you know none of us really knew how it was going to be. And mm-hmm. but I mean the first I was just like pouring that pickled juice oh, yes. every, on everything. Mm-hmm. So they started selling. I th- I can't remember who makes it. Vlasic maybe. But one of the pickling companies has started selling a sweet Vidalia. I've got that upstairs. It's delicious. Oh, my God. You just eat it out of the jar. So we threw that on top of my cornbread. And, yeah, it ended up being, like, a really good good New Year's Day dinner. Yeah, because I usually like a chow chow, which is basically the Mm. same stuff, like, mixed in with the black-eyed peas and everything. Mm -hmm. And then the pot liquor. Pot liquor. Pot liquor. Oh, another thing that has... As far as superstitions, uh, no hats in the bed. Don't kill spiders in your house. What? Don't speak to someone over their shoulder in the mirror. Over there? Yeah. So if you walk in behind someone who's looking in the mirror. Yeah, don't speak. Oh, God, no. I do that all the time. Oh, yeah. Why? What's going on? Maybe you're talking to their demons. Is it like a doppelganger me? (gasps) You can't trust it. Can't trust it. I don't know. Somebody who... 
Don't kill a spider in your house. You fucking I'm sorry. Me? Around here, like you kill the bad spiders. Like, seriously, man. Especially you've you never seen a recluse in your house. Or if you've never seen somebody that's gotten bitten by a recluse, right. you kill anything that looks remotely like a recluse. I think we're gonna be talking about spiders one 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 day this coming season or year or whatever we're doing, like we're gonna we're gonna be talking spiders. I've got a bunch of spider links saved. <laughs> but see, I'm putting it off because I I'm afraid that if I do it. Like the we spider will lose fifty percent of oh. our <laughs> listenership because I'm just I be freaked spi- out. Like I I both hate and love spiders. Like I'm I've always been afraid of them, and I but I I'm fascinated by them. So mm-hmm. I like research them, and I take close up photos of them, and I like follow them around. And I'm a little weird about spiders. But then like, I was just like, what's southern? Oh, black widows and brown like recluses are <laughs> right. southern. So that may be happening. Oh, and, and the it'll big... be a trigger. I'll, I'll do like a trigger warning or something. Yeah, that'll be good. Because like, if I was not doing the podcast and listening to us, I would not listen to the spider. That's you know. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should let you veto that. <laughs> that can be a, we can have a like, veto. Nope. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else? I think you go first today. Do I? Yes. I didn't even know. Oh, oh yeah. yes! So, oh shit! Well, so because oh it's been so long since we've even like spent any time together, right? Um, Patrice messaged me like a couple weeks ago around Christmas time and was like, "Oh, we got things in our PO box. Mm-hmm. You need to come over so we can open them." Mm-hmm. And then I was going to, and then we missed each other, and then I completely forgot. Right. Hold on. I'm gonna go grab the letter real quick. So yeah, she um she met me today at Pod Basement with these two packages, and we opened them, and they are super sweet. One of them is, well, one of them is from the Mitchell family, who I love very much, and they are close friends of mine, and they sent us a tea towel. Oh, it's amazing. We got it in the kitchen right now. And I will, um, what is it? I have... I have mixed drinks about feelings. Tea towel. (laughs) So thank you for that. Yes, thank you. So sweet. And we got this package. And I actually messaged. um, It's from Abby in Kentucky. And uh, she had hit me up for our address right before Christmas. And then we got it. And then, like, you know, we took a break. And I texted her, like, last week saying, we still have your package. I was just waiting on Marlea to come back so we can get together and open it. So she was real cool about it. And it is this awesome, <laughs> like, serial killer coloring book. Yeah, it is. <laughs> with the best, like, high school folded note. Like, I'm sitting here studying how this note was folded. I because I never do that. I remember, that. like, we do the little tuck-in. I knew like how. I can't do The little it. pull where it's, it's so cool. Totally takes me back, high school. And, and just the sweetest note. So thank you so much, Abby. That was like very generous and very thoughtful. And yes, and thank you for all the sweet things you said. And uh, and Nanny Doss is on the it's cover. Of that I know. Coloring book. That is <laughs> it's so amazing. Cool. So, <laughs> this is super cool. And gave and gave Patrice some ideas too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, well, I guess. Um, Oh, drink, drinks. Drink. Have our drinks today. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You can tell us about this. Yes, Courtney. Well, it's a winter Paloma. And I thought since we had, you know, a gallon of tequila, <laughs> <laughs> our uh, white Christmas margaritas, which went really fast mm-hmm. at the uh, anniversary show, that we would do another tequila drink. And it's um, pomegranate juice, cranberry juice, club soda, and uh, Blanco tequila with lime. It's tasty. Yes, it is delicious. And I'm about halfway done. I am I too. Feel the tequila. And yes. <laughs> and I, you know I what? Tequila. I, I told, I told Courtney while we were traveling, I'm like considering doing, I can't do really dry January and continue to do the show the way that we do the show. So <laughs> I'm considering trying to cut all of my alcohol intake and put it just on show days. Which could make for some interesting shows because all my tolerance will completely tank. Right. And then I'll be like, Woo! <laughs> I can't even read. <laughs> but um I don't know. So I'm 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 considering which the fact that I'm still saying I'm considering this means I'm probably not gonna do it. <laughs> like I originally said that I was gonna do it like it is on January the new already, year. Right? I know it it's was like, like on the new year week, I was gonna do week. it. 
And then I swear to God, like the very first day I was like drinking one of these tiny champagnes out of a bottle and pouring like Bailey's into my coffee. Well, this one I loved. I love that she texted me. One of the first things that she said when she had got back and everybody, you know, we're, we're uh, talking and she's like, yeah, she's like, and I got something, something in my coffee. I was like, okay, cool. And then the next thing she's like, and I was considering cutting out all alcohol for January. And she's like, but that's kind of me. After I just said it, I put something in my coffee. It is already January, but it's still January, so that's true. It's never a bad evening. Like, better late than never. Better late than never. It's okay. Right? But yeah, I was seriously. I think the biggest problem isn't necessarily like in this case. The biggest problem may not be my my um my self discipline. It may be like my forgetfulness because mm-hmm. this is such. It's just a common thing for me to like just walk in and pour myself a glass of wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That I would do it and not even. It's part of your routine. It's part of your routine. Yeah. But no, the reason I had to do that was because also my bathroom's being renovated right now, Mm. which resulted twice in my cat being stuck in the ceiling. And oh my God. (laughs) We couldn't find her. And like Randy sustained minor injuries pulling (gasps) her out the second time. Oh, did she fight back? Yes. Oh, yes. Mm. The first time, tell them what. The first time we had to have the contractors come back in and fucking open the floor back up because we couldn't get her. Oh my god! The second time, Randy's like, "I ain't doing that shit again." And he just grabbed her by the head (laughs) and like hauled her out and dropped her on the floor. But yeah, so she's because we're renovating bathrooms on our main level, and she was climbing into the holes they were creating because there's tons of rot underneath. They said I could have. They're like, "You're lucky that you didn't just sit on your master bathroom toilet and fall through the base to the basement." And I was like, "Jesus Christ!" And it turns, and of course, like when it rains, it pours is what you said when I texted you about some of this. Well, like when it rains, you find out that it's not just your bathroom plumbing that's bad. It's your fucking roof. So now we have to do our roof too. Damn. (laughs) Meanwhile, like Patrice is texting me over the break, pictures of herself on her roof with her cat, patching her roof herself. Yeah. Like a motherfucking (laughs) boss. (laughs) What? it helped halfway. I'm going to have to get up there like once it gets warm again with some, I had like just some old patch. I'm going to get up there. I stopped. We had like eight leaks. We only had three this past heavy rain. Woo! So I did help, but that whole fucking chimneys, man, fucking chimneys, yeah. chimneys will mm-hmm. fuck you up Yeah, and they'll cause your roof to leak. So yeah. So it was, I was up there with my patch and uh, all of a sudden, the cat's just like, what's up, bitch? <laughs> like, it's a great picture. It's a really she great is. picture. She is. She's just like sitting there like, <laughs> like yeah, this is what we do. I'm on the roof. But I was super impressed. Like, she texts me this picture. I'm like, God damn. Way <laughs> to do it, man. Well, fuck. It's so fucking expensive and we can't afford a roof. Here nor there. Um, but yeah, so that was my adventure on the roof. And then <laughs> I got sick. But I was on the roof and I was like, damn, this is like pretty awesome up here. It's like, is that going to be your new safe space? Come up here and look at the stars. No one will ever know you're there. And no one will ever know. Someone I'm needs there. to know if you're on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Otherwise, you're going to fall on your chimney. I had a very good friend fall off his roof about two blocks oh, from here. Oh, shit. It, it didn't go well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty safe with that stuff. I know, like, I know not to go towards the front of the house because of the overhangs. Probably not going to support my weight. Mm. And, like, I could literally probably fall off the back part of my roof because it's like, six feet high Mm -hmm. from the ground so you know i'd just be falling a few feet um but yeah i don't like i'm not coming down this way where it's two-story but yeah it was really cool being up there and you can like because we're kind of already on top of a hill um i feel like my house like we call it the tree house because it's got this very tree house feel to it because you can see the whole neighborhood it did have a tree going up through the the back porch it did yeah it was a super cool yeah so it was awesome. I need um, to build a deck on top of my roof. I got all these plans. Then it's never going to happen. all have plans. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, now that I've gotten that off my chest. Yay. So New Year's. Woohoo. Um, yeah. I, I think that's that all, all I've got. Oh, I've been listening to a lot of... Um, actually, I'm listening to that, not Paul Holes, but um, Jensen... Mm. Um, the Martyr Squad. Yeah, and the, yeah. I'm listening to his 
book. Oh, yeah. So I listened to uh, Michelle McNamara's book, uh, and I'll I can't fucking, I'll be gone in the dark. And he did a follow-up book. Uh, shit, what is his name? Something Billy Jensen. Jensen. Who? Billy Jensen. Billy Jensen, yes. Damn, Courtney. Courtney knows all the things. She does. She does all the things. Um, so I've been listening to his book, which is, it kind of like fits right into like her title is very similar and um it's something in the dark fuck i'll put it on the website i can't remember <laughs> um and it's really good it talks about how he got into reporting uh true crime and writing about true crime and how he like uh met michelle and um you know their dealings together and then it ends with the uh golden state killer being called mm. but it's he totally goes into how he basically used facebook and uh targeted facebook ads to help uh capture these cold cases or to solve these cold cases um which is really awesome um i totally recommend listening if you're a true crime fan definitely check out his book um he he's the one that's actually reads his book uh on audible and it's um very interesting and it goes in you know how how he got into it um his background and like several different cases of uh you know trying to and he he would spend his own fucking money like he'd spend like a thousand dollars on targeted ads in facebook's just trying to get pictures of suspects out in front of people um and they would direct message him so it's like really cool to see how everything kind of built up because i'd the first thing that I knew about him was from um, My Favorite Murder mm-hmm. uh, when he introduced himself to yeah. the ladies. And um, and then they have their podcast. And so I kind of came into it that way. But this gives the whole background and kind of how he's been doing this for a while. And he's been trying to push um, to have more people, you know, outreaching social media. And, and have you watched, I fucking watch Don't Fuck With Cats. I, was, I just wrote that down. We I was like, to. oh, we're, we'll have to talk oh about that. Oh my gosh. That. We haven't watched so he, it yet. He mentions that um, and pretty early on in the book, talking about how, you know, these people uh, got together to find and solve um you know this murder and it actually if you haven't watched it's really disturbing especially if you're an animal lover that don't fuck with cats because the people um kind of reported this person while he was abusing animals Mm -hmm. and they're like he is gearing up to do something serious and it wasn't like but months later he murdered somebody and you know it was like this whole big global thing like sleuth deal so it really talks about it and it's really good and i totally like i would like don't fuck with cats and then i would read if you haven't read on um, the michelle mcnamara book i would read that and then i'd read um billy jensen's book um, chase darkness with me. yeah chase darkness with me so Cool. Really good. So that's, that's what I've been doing. I've been all up in some true crime during my sick time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I haven't read much at all. I've just read some short stories, and that's it. That's all right because you'll remember yours. Where I'll just, mm-hmm. I just like read, and I'm like interested, and then I forget. That's kind of what I do. I'm just mm-hmm. like a speaker. <laughs> I don't maintain. Although I'm really pretty impressed that I like. I was going to say, remembered you just told some us of a that. lot of things. I did. I told you a lot of things. So I do think you're first. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. I really, I need to like. Do you need to? I need to stop talking and then. Before like, you cough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drink some tequila. I will. Take a breath. I will. And I'm so excited to hear yours. I think you told me the subject matter. I did. Okay. Did well, but no, I, it was an accident. But I of. didn't look her up. Okay. The reason I had to tell you was because I had had this in my bookmarks for ages and I thought that I had looked her up because of a story that you had told. And I probably did, but I thought that it was a story, like that it was a story you told and I was looking for more Mm -hmm. like background or something. And it turns out that that's not the case. So, well, that sounded really interesting. That'd be cool. But okay. (laughs) We'll just pretend. This one is a Tennessee story. Um, Tullahoma, Tennessee. Okay. This is like right outside of Chattanooga. Jack Daniels Distillery yes. up the road. It's not, it's not far. It's in, um, it's actually in Manchester, Tennessee around Tullahoma. So. Okay. Where is that in Tennessee? It's like it's central not, it's, west? it's not far from Chattanooga. Okay. It's, Tullahoma's like 
right north of, but it's really, it's like maybe 15 minutes, right? It's not far out of Chattanooga. Oh yeah. It's sort of, yeah. We'll look it up. Yeah. It's, I thought it was further or closer. Well, anyway, you, you can look it up while I do more like an hour. Coffee County. I thought it was close to Chattanooga. Anyways. Okay. Tennesseans, you can correct me. So there's a, a church in, um, in this area called Concord church, um, off of New Manchester Highway in Tullahoma and Coffee County, and it's got a cemetery behind it called Concord Cemetery. There's it's it's not huge, but there are like twelve hundred interments, but they date back to eighteen twenty nine. And um, <clears throat> so there there's one headstone in this cemetery that doesn't stand out at all. It's a low profile, close to the ground headstone. It's nondescript. There's nothing. There's no curly cues. There's no angels. There's nothing special on the headstone. There's no birth or death dates, which is weird. There's no epitaph. And there's no like darling daughter or anything like that. All it says is Sadie Baker. Okay. That's, that's the only thing that's on the entire headstone. And in front of it, there's this kind of bare rocky space that's grown over. It's mossed over and grassed over. So... There's a local legend that goes with this grave and where the grave came from. And I've found a couple different descriptions of it, but not a lot. I mean, it's not like a huge area. So I don't know that this is a story that's been like told and retold and retold, except for just to people who Very live around there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love those stories. <laughs> so I, I did find one really well-told version of it that was related in the Tullahoma News. And so I'm using that one, The Legend of Sadie Baker. And so it begins back in the 1800s in Manchester. There was this family that was like a well-to-do family, well-known, the Shelton family. And they had sons and daughters and they had, you know, they were all (laughs) strapping young men and beautiful women. I mean, it was that family (laughs) in town. And um, their most beautiful daughter was, her name was Olivia. She had long black hair. She had blue eyes. They said she had a shy and sweet demeanor, like a lady ought to do. And um, so the men in town were just all about this girl. Um, And they just were like falling over themselves to court her. So one day Olivia's on her way home from town. She's walking down the road and she sees like a little ways off this skinny thing dressed in traveling clothes scuffing around in the road and so she gets a little closer and she doesn't recognize and it's a woman she doesn't recognize her when she sees her she's she's super skinny she's looking for coins in the dirt of the road and um her cloak her traveling cloak is dusty and she gets closer she realizes it's like all torn up it's none of her clothes are in good shape she's dirty her face is dirty her hair is all ratted up and it smells like she smells like she has not taken a bath i mean this lady is in bad shape right and um olivia is like a generally kind-hearted person and she considers herself a kind-hearted person and so she she kneels down to catch the lady's attention ask ask her who she is and where she's going and the lady doesn't say anything back and Olivia, it's so funny. This is so different. Olivia thinking that she's just shy. It's like, I'm like, no, I don't think I would assume that person was just shy. No, <laughs> but you're right. um, thinking that she's just shy. She she feels like it's like her heart grows three sizes or something. Um, <laughs> kind of like the Grinch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead of, you know, <coughs> instead of just going like, how can I help you? She's like, well, you come home with me oh. and, and we will sort out all your problems. You're my new project. You're my new project. So. She does. The woman follows her home. She takes her home. And uh, Olivia's mother and her sisters help the lady get cleaned up. And she is, it's totally a project thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there's a montage coming on. Makeover. You know, she's in the bath. There's bubbles. It's like Ariel. 80s music. I know. So, um, so they get her some clothes. And she's so petite that she easily fits into Olivia's clothes, even though she looks like she's older than Olivia. Um, she still isn't talking to anybody. Um, so they get her all, all prettied up and she smells like flowers. And then she's sitting at the kitchen table eating some chicken and mama and sisters are all super proud of everything that they've done for this, like (laughs) this woman on the side of the road. And they're kind of patting themselves on the back and they say, doesn't she clean up well? And they look at her and she's got blonde hair. Now that it's washed, it is just shining. She's got these gorgeous green eyes She's got flawless skin under all that dirt. And she's this little tiny thing. And they're looking at her and they're like, she does clean up well, though. 
a little too well. Oh, no. They get jealous. So Mr. Shelton gets home from work and he finds this strange girl in his house. And he's like, okay, we don't need to be keeping another person here. Um, you know, he's like, this is great that you've done this, but she's not staying here. Right. And enough mouths to feed. Exactly. That's what it's like. He doesn't need another mouth to feed. And he sees how beautiful she is. Mm. And, you know, stories like this, they depend on catty women. So he's like, this is going to be trouble. Mm. Like, this woman here is going to be trouble for us. Mm. I got a house full of daughters. We ain't doing this. Mm-hmm. So it, the thing is, he's trying to marry off his daughters and Uh no competition (laughs) and here comes this woman right with tiny frame and blonde hair and she's silent on top of all that (laughs) oh shit and so (laughs) daddy's thinking like well this can't be good so um but you know mrs shelton is like we just went through all this you know i don't want to turn her out and it's not even just because they it it, like all the good (laughs) feeling good feelings gone like right it's it's no longer about like we did the the good samaritan thing here it's like if we turn her out some other family in town is gonna take her in and then we can't even keep our eye on her oh it's like keeping up with the joneses exactly yeah exactly so (laughs) so her solution is that the only option we have is we're gonna hide this woman (laughs) From the world until Olivia and the other daughters are all married. She just wants like 25 cents Mm -hmm. from the road and just. Seems like she did not ask for any of that. She did not ask for any of that. So Mr. Shelton decides, okay, this is a good idea. Inexplicably, Mr. Shelton is like, this is a great idea. So he tells the whole family, we're not talking about this mystery woman anymore. She is a secret. Don't tell anybody about her. Don't let her out of the house. And then Mrs. Shelton tells the woman some like I she must have been like somebody means to hurt you. And the only place that you can be safe is here. So you can't talk to anybody and you can't leave. Mm. And um, I was just like, imagine like being this person that's just like kicking up coins on the side of the road. And then she's taken into this like whirlwind of like sort of goodwill and then like they make her live in a closet i don't this is it's like (laughs) this is these are not good people like this is like the recipe for a horror movie Mm -hmm. but um so they decide that they're gonna keep her but again olivia is still like a kind-hearted girl and you know she doesn't want to be a jealous bitch and so she ignores (laughs) what her mom says And she asks the woman, can you walk with me to the store? She's like, just, I'm going to be the good person. I'm going to do this. So she does. She walks with her to the store. Somehow the rest of the family lets her go. I don't know. And um, all the people in town are kind of like watching them as they walk by. Because it's, you know, it's a small Tennessee town. And two lovely ladies. Two lovely ladies and someone we don't know. <laughs> There's someone we don't know. So I'm sure mm-hmm. it's like, oh, who's the stranger? And then it's like, hey, who's the stranger? Mm-hmm. Um, so all it takes is just this one walk to the store. And the men in Tullahoma start like, and the men in Manchester start like lining up outside the Shelton house. Asking, like lay, laying claims on this mystery woman, basically. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Like mm-hmm. they have no idea who she is. Nobody said anything about her. And they're like, hey, can we marry her? Like, Right. <laughs> oh, Stupid. Yeah. So, um, and at first, so Eliz- Olivia's like, okay, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fine. But like right here at the front of the line, first thing next morning, the most eligible young man in town who has been courting Olivia mm-hmm. shows up at the Shelton's to ask for this mystery woman to mm. marry him. Dang. And I'm like, what how, What kind of balls does it take, like, to walk up to your girlfriend's door, to her parents, and say, hey, this other chick. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not about them. It's about him. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, yeah. So, it's, that's really funny, because, like... <laughs> It's like the things men feel justified in doing. We were watching when we were watching football. Eighteen hundreds, The Bachelorette. That's what they should do. The eighteen hundreds Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> that's what this is. <laughs> that's what this is. There were so many fairy tales. No, I was. I all I could think of was like, what, what. What football game did we watch on New Year's Day with the bald, angry coach? Who was the bald, angry coach that we watched? Who played Auburn? Was it the guy against Auburn? 
yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota was he the bald angry man? Yes, because he like he yelled on the sidelines. He was just like screaming at the ref at one point. And I turned around. We were sitting in this bar in um in North Carolina. And I turned around, and I think you were in the bathroom, because I turned around to Randy, and I was like, only a white man can yell like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he is just, like, all his hackles up, and he's just thinking he is 100% justified in mm-hmm. treating anybody anyway. Mm-hmm. That's all I could think of. But, <clears throat> so, anyway, um, Mrs. Shelton is super pissed that yeah. this, this dude has come. But in true Southern lady fashion, she's like, oh. We'll have to talk to her family before we accept any propositions. Mm-hmm. And um, so, of course, they don't know who her family is. And, right. Um, but Olivia overhears that he's there. Mm-hmm. And once he Olivia, leaves, red flag, girl. Yeah. You don't need oh him. Oh, my God. That's all. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. If he's going to switch that quick, then not worth it. I know. I was like, he asked your own parents for permission to marry someone else. The stranger, yeah. But, um, so this normally kind-hearted girl is, like, now ready to cut a bitch. And so, like, <laughs> I was like, we don't, like, all, all like, rising tide doesn't lift all boats in, mm-hmm. in the 1800s <laughs> U.S. South. We lock people in closets. Like, that's that's the way this is going to go. But um, she was like, we we have to do something about this. Like, this uh, this was great and all, but this Olivia was is, is talking to her, her yes, mother. Olivia. Okay. So Olivia goes to her mom and says, do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Like, handle this it. mom. Handle this. She's like, you drive her out of town at 3 a.m., you leave her in a field. Mm-hmm. You have to fix this. Mm-hmm. So Mrs. Shelton takes do whatever it takes to a very special place in her heart, apparently. Because the next day she goes out and she tells the entire town that this mystery woman is a witch. She came from nowhere. She doesn't speak. She has bewitched every man in town. Clearly she's evil and has to be stopped. Mm. So the town is like, eh, we ain't got nothing else to do. Right. So they're like, okay. Saturday night entertainment. So yeah. Well, you're (laughs) obviously not going to marry us. So fuck you. Let's burn you. But, um, so, they're, they're like, they debate, apparently. Like, should we burn her? Should we hang her? Should we oh. drown her? But, <laughs> I know. But since they don't know her powers, mm. they, mm. I know, they don't know her witchly powers. They don't know, like, oh what God. what she's good at. They just assume that she has. This is a fucking has, soap opera. I know, right? <laughs> they assume she has a lot of powers. And so they think the only way to make sure that they can get rid of her is to bury her alive <gasps> and cover her grave with stones so that if she tries to raise from the dead, she can't get out. Holy fuck. So there you go. So <clears throat> the entire town forms a mob and marches to the Shelton house and drags the woman out. They kick her, they spit on her, they're just like, this woman who has not done anything to anybody, doesn't speak anything, she's still not talking, she has not spoken. Mm. And they tie her arms behind her back to a long rod and use that to haul her out to the cemetery, where there's two dudes who are already, like, digging a grave for her there. And so, meanwhile, like, they get to the house and they take her out and Olivia's like, wait, what? She's like, I didn't say do this. Like, mm-hmm. I, this was not what I meant when I said do whatever. I thought you were moving her away, not like yeah. torturing her to death. And so she's horrified at what her mother is doing. And she's crying. And as the mystery woman is being dragged past her, she looks Olivia right in the eye and says, the only thing anybody ever hears her say, she looks at her and says, I am Sadie Baker. That's all she says. And then the town buries her alive and covers her grave with stones. Oh, God. And <clears throat> so Douchebag, who went to, you know, right. ask for her to get married, goes back to the Shelton house and is like, oh, let's pretend that never happened and ask to marry Olivia. And she marries him. <sighs> so everything seems great in their marriage. But Olivia can't stop obsessing over the fact that this guy wanted Sadie Baker more than her. Oh, well, yeah. So she starts, like, hating on herself all the time. She hates her hair. Her hair is dark and Sadie's was light. She hates her eyes because they're blue and Sadie's were green. And she's, like, wishing she was like Sadie. And she she starts spending all her time in front of her mirror. And then one day, like, douchebag comes home from work and finds Olivia crouching on, like, in a corner, like, with her head half bald with fifthfuls of hair in her hands, muttering about how this dark hair doesn't belong on her blonde head. Oh. Because she is going 
batshit crazy. Oh my god. And so not long after that, in just the dead of night, Olivia runs out of her house screaming at the top of her lungs, I am Sadie Baker. Oh shit. And disappears into the forest. And her husband tries to stop her, but he says she's inhumanly strong, power of ten men, tosses me to the ground, and she runs off and nobody in the town ever sees her again. And People said that the spirit of Sadie Baker had entered Olivia when she looked into Mm. her eyes on her way to her execution. And they also say that Sadie Baker haunts Concord Cemetery where they where they buried her. Right. And people say they've seen her walking around there at night. They say that um, and they say that if you go to the cemetery, you ought to leave the coins on the headstone that she was looking for on the road because that's all she ever wanted. Right. And they she got all this. And she never got these coins. So they said, you know, you ought to just put some coins on the headstone and leave her alone like Olivia ought to have. Mm-hmm. And some say that if you leave the coins, she'll push them off the headstone or she'll push you. <laughs> and some say because of that, you have to leave dollars instead of coins if you want her to leave you alone. Oh, damn. Um, just write her a check. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just credit card number. There's a little machine. <laughs> so, yeah, I looked for... I looked, you know, of course, like I do, I looked for other explanations of who Sadie Baker could mm-hmm. have been. And like Sadie was a nickname for Sarah at like at, at that time, I guess. And there was a Sarah Baker from Coffee County who died at like in 1860-ish who could be that Sadie. Mm-hmm. But she was like, she was the widow of an infantryman and he died at war. So you would think that there would be something more on her stone than just nothing. Like, right. It's odd that there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so... um you know, that was the only the only idea anybody had about who else she could be that wow. I could find. So That's a tragic, fucked up story. Sadie Baker. In so many ways. Poor That's Sadie that. Baker. Poor Sadie Baker. We'll be right back. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our website, thestrangesouth.com. All our social media links are there. And for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast. And if you love us so much that you want to support what we do and get bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes photos and videos, please consider joining our Patreon, Patreon, Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thestrangesouth. Paloma's made with grapefruit. Usually. Oh, okay. Does this not have grapefruit in it? It's just cranberry and pomegranate. And pomegranate. That's right. Oh, pomegranate. It's good. It's wonderful. It's it palm is. wonderful. It's palm llama. And it's healthy. healthy. It is. Antioxidant. Antioxidant. Yes. Detoxin. I totally. I don't make New Year's resolutions. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just. What's the point? either i've gotten to that age where i'm like because it's only going to last for through january so mm-hmm. it's like if there's anything in january i want to do maybe i'll do a resolution but mm-hmm. it's just i'm just it's not worth it oh i thought that was going to be a but like i thought there was going to be a, i don't do new year's resolutions but no no lead in here that was just kind of off the top of my head <laughs> i don't really Sorry. do resolutions anymore i was just thinking about health like antioxidants being healthy i do Stream always though i do always start the new year like hoping to be healthier or, or like making plans to be but that's like the new month though too mm-hmm. like i always plan to do a lot of shit <laughs> <laughs> mm. All right. So I did put up on our fan page, which is a closed group. So if you're not on our fan page, please come join us over there because we're all the time just posting weird shit and having conversations that are fun. It's just a fun group. And um, I did post in February 1st in Atlanta, Georgia, the Atlanta oh, yeah. Oddities Market's going to be there at noon. Um so, you know, you can just go to Facebook and Google Atlanta Oddities Market and they've got a page and you can see like all the cool stuff that's going to be there. So I really want to try to like do that. Is that a, is it like a Saturday? I hope so. Um, but anyway, yes. so I was looking at that and we, we had the wonderful little gift from Abby and I was thinking, you know, Abby's in Kentucky. I was like, why don't I do a Kentucky story? Yay! So I started looking through, like, all the things in Kentucky. And um, I came across this Transylvania's Moonsnick Museum. What? Okay. So Kentucky, and if you're from Kentucky, you're like, duh, uh, has a university. It's called Transylvania University. No. 
Uh-uh. Uh-huh. And the reason it's called that, because I'm like, why the fuck did they call it Transylvania? It's the middle in Kentucky, right? But it was actually, um, it means like, Transylvania means in Latin across the woods. And so when the pioneers were like discovering or rediscovering things, um, there was like this huge, heavily forested area between Ohio and the Cumberland Rivers. And the American colonists in the 1770s came across it, and one of them was like Daniel Boone, and they're like, well, this is going to be the Transylvania area kind of deal, <laughs> Transylvania colony. So there was a university um, that got named Transylvania University. It's colloquially, colloquially, thank you, I said it, um, known as Transy, which is kind of... <laughs> Fun. Woo! <laughs> uh, but it's a private university in Lexington, Kentucky, and it was founded around 1780. So, you know, shortly after they named the area, and it was the first university in Kentucky. Oh. So they have this museum, but before the museum came about, it was this, um, it was kind of like this medical school. And, you know, I already did the thing of night doctors and talking mm-hmm. about, like, you know, the reason that we had some of the, um, you know, country's leading edge medical institutions in the South is because they were fucking using um, enslaved yeah. people um, as, you know, their test subjects. Test subjects, yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. However, Kentucky didn't really have so much of the bodies being shipped in at the time. And so they only lasted, um, you know, as a school um, or medical school uh, for so long. And then they went into became like an army hospital during the Civil War. And, um, you know, so it started out very medical uh, with the school and then going into the hospital. And they started like having all these collections of just weird things that got boxed up and kind of put away as it became more of a university and not so much medical. So it's like apothecary. It is apothecary. So this is where like this led me into like this whole curiosity um, medical thing. And that's pretty much what the uh, Moonsnick Museum is. Moonsnick. Moonsnick. So they like boxed everything up and I believe there was a fire and, um, they didn't like they put it away and they forgot about it in like 1920s people started like you know going into storage and finding these boxes that had been moved out of the fire there were still some of the stuff was kind of singed and stuff and they start opening it up and going like what the fuck <laughs> and and this guy named um and I didn't write down his first name, but it's Dr. Day, D-A-Y, uh, is pretty much in charge of it now. And he's the one that's, you know, they would find something, they would send it to him, and they started kind of this uh, curiosity museum. And you can go there. It's not like, it's not a gallery. It's not like it's open. You can make an appointment and see, like, all the curiosity things that they've, like, unpacked and have on display. And so that's kind of some of the things I want to talk to you about Yay! today. So, um you know, anytime they would like open up a cardboard box or he would go around opening up cardboard boxes, uh, <laughs> he would come across things like perfectly preserved human penises. <laughs> and they were just in a box. And they're like, why, dick in a why are there dicks in a box? <laughs> and they're like, well, it was probably just very portable at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it just got like put into storage. So this is kind of like some of the things. I think he's very kind of like cautious when opening up new boxes. Jack in the box. Right? But this was like kept from the medical school where, you know, they were learning all this stuff. And then in the army, I don't know if they were collecting penises or what wow, was going on there. Wow. Yeah, I would really like to know the story behind that. They'd also have like two two face kittens would be found, and they had a jar of meat. Um, Okay, so (laughs) not spam, no, just a jar of preserved meat, and this is from the Great Kentucky Meat Shower. What? (laughs) 
So apparently in March of 1876, there was a farmer's wife making soap on her porch one day, and it was sunny, there was no rain, and all of a sudden these pieces of meat started like falling from the sky. And this on lore. Oh my god, oh my god, and so and so they you know, they looked over and they couldn't believe like what 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 is this? Because it was like two by two inches or four by four inches of meat that was just like splatted on the ground. And the farmer's wife and her husband believed that this was like obviously a sign from God. God God doing something. And so they had no idea what this meat was from, but apparently this was happening over in Europe too. And it got what? written up in like Scientific America. Like it became this really big, huge scientific find kind of thing. What the hell? And so nobody like really knew what it was. So they collected it and two gentlemen tasted it Ew. and no, said that it tasted no. like lamb and deer. I mean, I'm sorry. This is Kentucky back in in Yeehaw days. Don't so taste the god meat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. That's going into a quote. Um, but yeah, so they tasted it and they sent it off to be like taste uh, tested. And, um, you know, local hunters are, like, trying to say, well, this is just bear meat falling from the sky. And, like, <laughs> they had all, all these... It's just bear meat falling from the sky. It's just bear meat falling from the sky. And so they went in, and they sent it off, and one of the doctors from New York Scientific Association, blah, 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 um, stated that the meat had been identified as lung tissue from either a horse or a human infant. Um, what now? So two very specific things that they said it could be either or, but they said it definitely was the structure of an organ meat. And um, these two cases, they said that either lung tissue from a horse or human infant are identical. Okay. Okay. So, of course, there's like a lot of back and forth and they uh, basically, you know, said that the, it was lung tissue. Um they said it was a muscle, two of three of it was muscle, two of it was cartilage. But really the most, um, like, as far as making sense. So we have like the owl theory in Kentucky as far as like what aliens were, yeah. like the gremlins were. <laughs> the owl theory. And, right? Um, but they said that this is probably a, a vulture or a buzzard vomited up. What? What they have had eaten of a carcass when they were scared. I don't believe it. So that was the theory that, that many of uh, the people have said that that's what it is. It was a vulture making a quick escape and it threw up the contents of its stomach. Nope. <laughs> it's God meat. It's God meat. That's a, that is not what that is. So anyway, they had this jar there. You can see of God meat at the museum. Oh my god! But my favorite. Um, oh, some other things. Oh, and honestly, all of these, I kind of want to research a little bit more because they're so very interesting. Uh, Dr. Day said that he was opening up a box and there was an eye staring back at uh. him and he uncovered something called a medical venus which at the time which um, rhymes with penis right which rhymes with penis <laughs> and you know uh, a medical venus uh, venus uh, <laughs> I was thinking I almost said penis <laughs> Wow, how many times is that going to be said in this episode? Stop. Okay, medical Venus <laughs> uh, is basically an anatomy model that's lifelike tissues and organs were cast from wax from as many as 200 cadavers. Oh. So they didn't have, like, bodies that they could, like, practice on mm -hmm. so what they did is they made cast from dead bodies oh. in wax except if you see pictures of fucking medical venuses they're called venuses for good reason because it looks something straight out of a serial killer like oh. fetish because they are it. like made like the venus goddess oh, no. so it's it's like beautiful women 
cast <laughs> in wax with like voluptuous lips and breast that you can dissect. Oh, so Lord. it is so fucking disturbing looking at some of these medical venuses instead of just having just like regular people. Earl. Like why didn't they just have yeah. medical Earl? Yeah, just just. Yeah, regular <laughs> medical Earl. Medical, medical Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was very like, it was, it's just disturbing to look at. And so you just, you just can let your mind wander, especially being a true crime person, as mm. far as what are some of the things that happen to those medical venuses. Oh my gosh. And penises. Venai. <laughs> Medical vena. They also had um, a model of a Chinese man with a parasitic twin. A par- oh. oh, oh, like I ate my, I ate my twin. Like yeah. That. So I don't, oh, I don't know if it was like a model of it because a lot of times they would have like wax models and not necessarily the real things. Mm-hmm. And since the medical venus, you know, who knows what's real. Yeah. But I, I think this was maybe like a wax figure. Um, illustrating this for the medical school so it's like all of these oddity things that he would find when he'd open up boxes and whatnot did you see find a picture picture. yeah we'll put pictures up it's just yeah it's disturbing she's wearing pearls yes no (laughs) they dressed them up it's fucked up it really is hell but (laughs) all of this to say that i came to a complete stop (laughs) And really, I want to name this episode some kind of version of this um, (laughs) because they found this contraption that is basically blowing smoke up your ass can save your life. (laughs) So ding, 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 ding. ding. (laughs) There is a box that has this bellows and tube in it and so yeah the native americans introduced tobacco to western culture right to the europeans like europeans didn't know anything about tobacco until native americans and so there is a process that the native americans use to help revive um I don't know if they helped revive. I don't know if this is purely a European thing that it came about, but they used it like to help constipated horses. Uh, And it's blowing tobacco smoke up the rectum. (laughs) (laughs) But the Europeans took it because they took like, they didn't know like you can only, you know, you not only can you smoke it, but they were using the native Americans were using it for medicinal purposes. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, you know, Europeans took it and they started making poultices out of it, um, which is true because I had a friend next door neighbor who smoked when I was growing up and my um, her daughter got bit by a bee. Yep. That's so, the best way to get out of bee sting. So they took like tobacco and mm-hmm. they mixed it. I don't forget what she mixed it with. She wet it. it. Water. Yep. Yeah. And she made a little poultice and put it on. And that's the first time I ever saw like tobacco being used and medicinally. It and it works. Yep. It does. Right. So it does have kind of a medicinal um, quality to it so a spanish guy then like took the tobacco and like started treating things like cancer and headaches and respiratory problems and stomach cramps and gout and intestinal worms and female diseases with tobacco wait like up your butt Mm, i'm not really sure i'm thinking yes maybe But maybe, maybe, maybe just poultices, maybe, you know, I've been thinking that this whole time. maybe they were drinking, you know, the tobacco. I, I'm not really sure. Again, I didn't like so much delve oh, into this. Doesn't as, drinking tobacco make you sick? Yeah, I would think so. But of course, Europeans took this and ran with it <laughs> and it became popular for people who had drowned. To be resuscitated by using this contraption to blow smoke into their anus. What? To warm the... the actually, it was, it was supposed to help resp- <laughs> respiratory, but I think if anybody was blowing smoke up my ass, <laughs> and if I was anyway <laughs> needed to be awake, I would be. <laughs> but it was like, it became like this really serious thing. And, um, you know, they, they started like 
it became a procedure that they passed around to all their medical schools. And this was like early, like 1600, late 1600s, um, early 1700s. And Holy so cow. they were like saying, you know, what you need to do first is you need to bleed the arm. And then you need to do this strong purging glyster. And glyster is what they called when they stick the thing up the butt and either like as a salve or as a, um, a, um, enema. Oh, wow. So, and then they came up with, they came up (laughs) (laughs) they came up with this device with the bellows and everything or the turkey baster or however they're going to do it uh because at first they were like actually doing it through a pipe and blowing it and what happened is like the bowels of the person would come back up and it started like if they had cholera or something like that, the person who was doing the blowing oh of the tobacco smoke. Yes, it is just like siphoning gas. Yes, exactly. Don't do it. Don't do it. So they, they came up with like the little bellows. So this is like a very popular thing. And there is a story um, about this. Uh, and this is not so much Southern. Uh, it's, you know, was used here in the south a lot and the tobacco from kentucky and all of that you know is where it came from but then it was taken over to europe and this all of this happened over in europe but there was a woman called Anne green and she was um she was like a maid over where was she let me find i gotta find her story real quick bump 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 so she was born over in Oxfordshire, Oxfordshire, mm. and uh, in this manner that she worked at, she was basically a scullery maid, and she was raped by the master's grandson and got pregnant, and when she gave birth to the child, the child was stillborn, mm. but because, um, you know, for several reasons that we all know of, she was actually uh, convicted of murdering the child, even though the child oh was my God. born stillborn. So they like, uh. um, they charged her with murder of the stillborn child and she was hanged. And she told her friends when she was hanged to make sure to like, you know, pull on her body and make sure that she was dead um, when she was hanged. And so they hung her, they pulled on her body, they hit her, they made sure she was dead. And um, she was pronounced dead by the prison doctor. And afterwards, her body was given to medical students for dissection. So when they were about to dissect her, um, they found like a faint pulse what? in her. And so what they ended up doing was giving her a hot cordial, um, poured it down her throat. They started like rubbing her limbs and they bled her and they like did a heated plaster. And then they applied a odiferous glyster up the rear to warm her bowels and so she's like the big case that's known as far as like bringing somebody back from the dead using this method they were killing her they brought her back well but the different people brought her back like she wasn't really dead she was almost dead yeah so the (laughs) medical students brought her back she was nearly dead Mm -hmm. when she came back they actually like placed her in a warm bed with another woman to keep her warm and she fully recovered so she was granted a free pardon after she came back from the dead and was regarded as this was regarded like as a special interference from the hand of God. And I think she might be my hero now. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. I, I mean, know. she wakes up, she was hung, so, and then she yeah. wakes up. Somebody's got something blowing smoke up a rear, <laughs> and then they go stick her in the bed with some woman, and bless her heart. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This so, is, anyway, this became, like, this medical breakthrough. And so they're like, you know, if if you're drowning, if, if something where you, you need to be resuscitated, uh-huh. this is the method you need to use. And it's more effective if you do it anally than if you do it from the mouth. Because they had, like, the two different ways. They had where you could resuscitate from the mouth, but they recommended that, yeah, bellows up the do, butt. don't use the same bellows. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 I don't think they do that. Did, is that 
I mean, is that the actual origin of the blowing smoke up my ass? Like, I don't know. Because I, if, how else could it? How, how, how else could, else could it thing? not be? How else could it not be? Right. So you know, this became, um, like I said, the, the main thing that they used over in Europe, and actually the Royal Humane Society, which is not like animals; it's like humane as far as people over oh. in England had resuscitation kits along the. Um, Thames River, and it included this little contraption to do tobacco smoke enemas. Oh my god! And so, like every like we have little police call boxes along the river, whatever they had like this little <laughs> our defibrillators. It's not, it's they, an had, old defibrillator. <laughs> they had right. So oh this god, was all the way up until like uh, mid 18th century and or 19th century actually. And um, they even had like a little poem or rhyme written about it called uh, Tobacco Gleister. And Gleister means like something applied up the butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the medical definition. <laughs> tobacco Gleister, breath and bleed. Keep warm and rub till you succeed. And spare no pain for what you do may one day be repaid to you. <laughs> So, like I said, uh, as late as 1827, they were doing this to help women treat constipation and um, lady lady problems and all the problems. (laughs) They're using it to treat cholera. And it just kind of. I don't think that worked. It kind of, over in Western medicine, um, by like the mid to late 1800s, it started to become not a thing anymore kind of went the way of of the being bled Mm -hmm. um and that is oh my god oh my god oh my god (laughs) you're saying maybe it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) it's actually it's still used in um or i don't know if how often still used like maybe within our lifetime early on or maybe like grandfather's time um to help constipated uh, farm animals is to blow tobacco smoke up the keister. <laughs> so that's blowing smoke up your arse <laughs> to wake you up so from good. death. So good. <laughs> so there's one of these kits there at the Moonsnick Museum as well in Lexington, oh Kentucky. So. Um, give them a call if you're in the area. And go see and go see the oddities. That's the best ad they have ever, <laughs> ever run. <laughs> and go see God meat. God meat. And butt bellows. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thank y'all so much for listening. <laughs> We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So, taste the god meat. Yeah.